So the last time we saw Kalem, Kalem emerged from the other place. Yep. Kalem had put some pieces together and figured out the the being who was communicating with, with him there was something called an other. Emerging from the other place, he found himself in the northwesternmost corner of Fenrain. Very, very far away from where he went in. That's right. Tell me about the last two weeks from when Kalem emerged in Nordia to where he currently is. Uh, the last two weeks, he emerged uh, realizing that he was quite far from the Iron Tower and from um, his fellow scholars and the Fellowship of the Seven Rivers. Um, this was pretty apparent because of the weather. And he's a smart enough elf. Uh, excuse me. Oh, he's, Hylian. He's, yeah, he's a Hylia. Hylia. To, he knows a little bit about history and geography. And I think his suspicion that he was far from home was confirmed by a... Who, who lives out here in the, uh, in the Nordlands? A lot of people. Probably ran into some Thares up there. Some Thares up there? Some Thares up there. Yeah. He ran into a fair sheep uh, shepherd. Sheep, sheep shepherd. shepherd. I was going to say sheep farmer, and then I realized there's a better word for that. Oh, it, it's got to be a, a specific kind of sheep. Like, we've got grass wolves and stone bison. Grass wolves and stone bison. So you want a sheep. Um, uh, and river elk and... Yeah. It's a bush sheep. A bush sheep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Can we do better than that? No, I think that's really good. Yeah, he came upon a Thayer's shepherd of a uh, herd of bush sheep and asked, uh, excuse me, which, uh, which way's the Iron Tower? The shepherd said, boy, you're a long way off from the Iron Tower. <clears throat> Pointed so long finger to the east. You're going to need to go a couple hundred miles that way. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say something like that. But okay. it's all mountains that way, so you're probably going to want to go a few hundred miles that way and then make a left and then go a couple more hundred miles that way. All right, well, thanks for giving me a place to start, I guess. I appreciate it, thanks. And he, um, what's the closest village? Yeah, the closest village is Yara. It's about, you know, it's about three leagues that way. And he points up north. Three leagues, huh? Should be there just about after sunset. So, uh, thank you, sir. Be on my way. Good afternoon. And a, uh, a glorious good afternoon to you as well. Good afternoon being the Thayer's dialect for good afternoon. He thinks to himself. <laughs> so we will we will cut ahead. But I think over the course of the, these two weeks. Kalem has uh, been struggling to get home. And by struggling, I mean using his knowledge and wits and very uh, scarce items on his person to get across the, this great big country of Fenrain. So I think he has probably been trading his knowledge, probably doing a little bit of uh, scavenging for valuable plants, herbs, fungi, and trading them and i think i think we're gonna cut to i don't know where we're gonna cut to his travels home but i think he's gonna have like a warm warm winter garbs 
and probably like a walking stick that he's fashioned and maybe even probably the same backpack, the same kind of side uh, sack. Mm-hmm. Um, has he done anything on his journeys with Saffron, the thing in the bottle? Uh, he's definitely thought about how he can communicate with this thing in a bottle. I think he's trying to think of the safest way that he can open the bottle and continue to keep Saffron contained. And the only way he can think to do it is to create a uh, like a magical wind bubble around Saffron and release him from the jar. But he can't figure out a way to get Saffron back into the jar and is worried that about his um, intentions. I guess other ways of communicating might be like to... He he wrote it down in his um, in some of the liner pages of the book that journal that he had. Is it it's yeah. Bellman's? That's right, Bellman's journal. And he's drawn some pictures, and one of the notes reads: "Idea number two for communicating with Saffron: Find a long curved horn, put the bottle into the horn, and see if, when putting the mouthpiece to my ear, if I could read and hear any of the words of Saffron." This has been my second best idea for communicating with the being. <laughs> a horn. Yeah, Great. a musical instrument. Yep. Maybe you can combine, maybe you can, oh, third idea. Combine first and second idea. Put the bottle into the horn. You put a wind bubble at the mouthpiece. Go through the horn into the wind bubble. And then his only recourse is to go back through the horn, back into the, yes, this, this is probably what's going to work. Okay, signing off. A wind horn. <laughs> There's an illustration of a of a glass uh, a glass bottle in the front of a horn and a little windy bubble in the mouthpiece. As the crow flies from mm-hmm. Virat to the Iron Tower, it's close to 300 miles. There are a few ways that Calum could go. He could go past his home city of High Reach, where the Hilia live, and down the um, eastern side of the western spine or he could journey through the scorched sands down towards the south of the continent and make his way over towards Gilder and there's actually a third way where he could go further north uh, where it's colder up towards the giant's plains and then make his way south to the Iron Tower Hmm. which way do you think he'd go? I mean if I were to get inside of his head as a pretty like soft and reasonable person he's probably got to go back home and then down that spine mm-hmm. he is i don't think he's got any like uh, i don't recall him having any trouble with home nothing we, that we talked about oh uh, hey you know what we need we need some story points oh yeah are we just doing two? Oh, we're doing yeah one and one okay so in Virat, calum found himself a group of people who are heading south in these parts, it's a little bit safer to travel with a group. In Guildland, um, the roads tend to be pretty safe. They're patrolled by the Fellowship and by Durin in the southeast and the Ansas from Longvale in the, in the northeast. But around here, you never know what's lurking around the corners. And without the Fellowship around up here, the necromancers and the dead are more prevalent. Making his way south and east towards High Reach. At the base of the mountains, there's a large forest. And 
we see Calum with this group of travelers. Uh, what is Calum looking like these days? You said he's got a, some heavier winter clothes. Yeah, I think he's got a top and bottom that are sort of matching, like thick hide with some fur poking out underneath and where there are gaps between like the he's got some gloves and the bottom of a coat and i think he's got a hood up with some fur fur poking out from inside of it yeah i think maybe he's it's been two weeks he's got a little little stubble coming in on his kind of i think i think his skin is actually grayer than we maybe mentioned in past episodes Mm -hmm. he's a little well, he's a fungus guy now. Yeah, we've changed basically um, the elves to Hylia, and they are um, they're fungus-based organisms, although they look like they still have that fair kind of humanoid elfish look to them. Mm-hmm. So he's got some mycelia growing on his chin? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, rather than hair. Yeah, we can find most parallels still between human sure. and Hylia. And his traveling companions, mm-hmm. what are they like? How many are there? I'd say there are three. Sure. I think one of them is a Thares, and he's got his Thares Shrike usually flying around his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He has a caravan that is being pulled by a horse. A horse? Mm-hmm. Of course. This person is an alchemist. What about the other two? So, yeah, there's a, a Hutchin with a big, thick scarf. Kind of goes all the way up to its, up its long neck to its giant bill that hangs down and they they're sort of the lookout although mm-hmm. maybe the the thares and their their shrike do a fair bit of uh scouting as well yeah well the um thing about hutchin is, is they have wings but they cannot fly mm-hmm. and uh the third one is a uh, human wow what is she like she has i, th- I think maybe she's the leader of this group of travelers okay and she has hair kind of pulled back and like kind of tied up top and some armor and is the only one that is, has like their sword kind of at the ready okay the theris is named Rallis, the hutchins name is sven and the human is miranda okay and how did you meet these three calum spent a night at the local inn and was asking around about travelers and parties that were heading that direction. He actually overheard some folks talking about heading towards uh, his home, his home city called High Reach, and inquired about some assisted safe path- passage that direction. Sold a few things and helped mix some medicinal herbs and potions for someone in exchange for a few coin to help fund his travel. Okay. And the four of them find themselves walking through this deep forest at the foot of the mountains. The word at the inn that he stayed at was that the wolves in the area have been hungry and have been more active this winter than, than in the past and maybe even bigger. But those are just stories and, you know, people like to tell stories when, when they've had a drink or two and exaggerate things. The moon is high in the sky and the four have set camp for the for the night it's a couple days journey from that small town on on the northern edge of the forest down to high reach especially because high reach is at the top of one of the 
highest mountains in Fenrain. You've actually been able to see High Reach even from the other side of that forest. It, the, the mountain itself raised high on the horizon, and Rallis's keen-eyed bear strike could make out the citadels and, and towers up on top. The four of you sit around a and talk about your journeys. Rallis was originally from Brightport on the west side of Fenrain, and Sven comes from from Stonewell in Guildland, and they ask about Calum and his past, and he tells them about the Iron Tower. Does he still wear the cloak and medallion? Yeah, they're tucked underneath his his kind of cold weather traveling garbs. And while he's explaining about his past, he pulls the medallion out and it kind of glimmers in the light of the fire that they sit around. And they pass around a bottle of port and it's all in all a a quiet night. The weather's been very cold up here, but it has not really snowed. The ground is dry, but hard as ice. And the forest is quiet. Uh, the four of you pack it in for the night. Calum got a bedroll and pretty much replaced most of the stuff. You can mark down that you replaced most of the stuff mm-hmm. that he lost traveling through to the other place on Volk. His time in the other place seems far away. It seems strange that he was ever there. And as he tucks in for the night and Miranda stays up with her sword on her lap the sound of the whetstone scraping against the blade is loud in the quiet forest. Calum hears a muffled whisper from his pack. Calum. You again. Calum. He reaches in and finds the bottle that once contained a healing potion. It appears empty. But Calum knows otherwise. Calum, let me out. You're not coming out just yet, Saffron. Why is it that I can hear you now? I couldn't hear you when I originally put you in there. I need those words to be hurried. All right, fair enough. What are you going to do when you get out, huh? I Lucky for you, I haven't painted this bottle a dark color yet. You can still see clearly. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to prove your your worth. You're gonna have to prove that you're that you've got good intentions, Saffron, before you get out of here. Believe me, I, I take no joy in keeping you bound up in this this glass prison. I just haven't figured out how, when and how I can let you out yet. Saffron does not reply to that. And uh, a moment goes by in silence. And then they say, You will let me out soon. I, uh, I hope you're right, Saffron. Or, you know, part of me hopes you're wrong also. It depends on the outcome. In the distance, Calum hears the howl of a a wolf. It wavers in the silence, and uh, you hear Miranda's armor clink as she sort of stiffens up a little bit. 
and the um, rasp of whetstone on blades stops. She sort of nudges um, Sven with her, her foot, um, and Sven wakes up sleepily. What? What is it? The wolves. They told us about back in the town. I think they're out tonight. You... I don't know, should we wake up the others? They're not gonna come near the fire, it's fine. Sven rolls over and tries to go back to sleep. A couple minutes later, the rasping sound starts again as Miranda continues on her blade. How awake is Calum? I think he was about to fall asleep until he overheard them chatting, and I think now he is a little bit... If unsure about the safety of this encampment Mm -hmm. what sort of so Caleb just has that same sort of homemade sword that he had Mm -hmm. right nothing else no it's not it's not the best sword either I mean it's it's pretty uh it was a pretty DIY job it was done in a pinch I think he has tried to refine it a little bit since and you know, maybe has smoothed out some of the cracks, but it's basically the same thing. As Caleb's sort of doing a little bit of a self-inventory and thinking about safety, he... Well, let's get a vigilance check. Let's okay. do that for our first our first roll of the game. That's a good roll to see how much he cares. <laughs> it's going to be... Oof. He, yeah? He, he's not good at vigilance. If it's anything he's bad at, that's it. Don't you know that I make everybody roll vigilance all the time? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Weirdly bad. Whatever. Maybe two purples and a setback for darkness. Two purple? Yeah. He doesn't want to be bad at vigilance. (laughs) It's just his way. It's what happens when you are, you know, you're raised in the high safety of, uh, of high reach. You don't have to worry about these kinds of things. Apparently. He thinks to himself, oh, that wolf sounds big and scary, huh? It just, uh, just makes me a little nervous. It's hard to fall asleep. But, you know, the sound of that blade on that whetstone, it's, it's almost like its like the ocean. It's soothing. I, I think I could just close my eyes for a few minutes. That should be okay. I think that is Caleb's threat, is that he closes his eyes for a few minutes. Caleb falls asleep to the soothing repetition of Miranda's blade and wakes up to the feeling of being pulled from by his leg. He opens his eyes to see a massive animal dragging him with its teeth away from the fire and away from the people around the fire. As he's being pulled away, looking back, you see uh, Miranda standing and Sven and Rallis being pulled and wake, waking up and drawing their weapons. This is not good, he thinks to himself. That was that was a sudden thing. I'm flipping a dark side for sudden uh, awakening to an attack. Okay, hold on a second. I never said I was attacking. Well, I never expected you to attack. Okay. I think Caleb, uh is going to pretend like he is still asleep <laughs> until he comes up with a better idea. Great. He's not going to resist. He's going to continue to allow himself to be dragged. So this wolf is, is Caleb Caleb's pretending to sleep. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. Is he, he's just keeping his eyes closed. He's not uh, looking. He, he's doing a little bit of glancing. He, he's doing the little thing where his eyes are just open a little bit. Yeah. He's trying to see. 
Yeah, that, um, no one's ever, no one ever has caught on to that one. It's weird. <laughs> uh, it is really dark as this wolf starts pulling you uh, away from the fire. It gets even darker. The moon is full up above, but the forest is thick with pines, and it they're those like tall pines with the bare trunks up to maybe like thirty feet up, mm-hmm. and the the canopy is still full even in the winter. And as this wolf gets away from camp, it stops for a second and puts you down while it moves around and uh, turns its back from you and begins to do something that you can't see. Hmm. Hmm. Um, there's so many things I could do. I want to, I know, I know what I want to do. What do you want to do? I want to, Caleb's going to try and get to his feet or to his knees stealthily. All right, stealth check. He's kind of good at stealth. Not great. He's not good at anything. <laughs> You're listening to this, which keeps things interesting. It's uh, two yellow, two green. Okay, and one purple, two reds. Oh my goodness gracious. Goodness gracious me. Goodness gracious me. Boost because the wolf is facing away. Sure. And it's got its head in a bush. It does not have its head in a bush. <laughs> Okay, zero successes. Wow. wow, zero successes, three advantages, one triumph, one despair. Excellent. So Caleb gets to his feet, and the wolf turns and starts to growl. What would you like to do with your triumph and despairs, or triumph and advantages? Caleb is kind of on uh, one knee. He's got one hand on the ground, and he reaches his other hand in front of him to kind of put between him and this wolf. Is this wolf a regular-sized wolf? Looking at it, it is much larger than a typical wolf. And in addition to that, it appears to have some fur dyed and some fur shaved, and it looks like piercings in its ears. Okay. And it's growling, and Caleb says, Easy there, buddy. Uh, I don't want anything to do with you. And, you know, you probably don't want anything to do with me. You don't know me very well. And if you did, you, you might want to back yourself away now. While he's doing this, he is, with his hand on the ground, drawing a little pattern and doing a little hand gesture with that hand facing towards the ground. He's casting a spell. So you want to use your three advantages and a triumph to affect your spell? Yeah, I'd like to affect the potency of my spell. Uh, Your triumph can be an upgrade on it, and your advantages can be boosts, but there's also a despair. And what are you going to do with that despair? The wolf growls mm-hmm. and then springs forward at you. And it sort of catches you. Its muzzle goes under your knee and you sort of go onto its back. And you hear a bark. And when you look up, you're on the back of this wolf. And you are in a moonlit forest, but the trees are hundreds of feet tall different trees and it's 15 degrees warmer and as he stops you sort of fly off his back and tumble 10 feet away okay so i got scooped up and dragged scooped up yep okay and now there's been some kind of spell okay i'm still gonna do my spell and my spell is going to be it's gonna be really good it's gonna be great what's my difficulty what sort of spell are you doing I'm going to do a, he's going to do a arcana spell, going to cast some wind 
and he's gonna actually not cast it at this wolf he's gonna cast it like he was before on the ground he's gonna fly up into the trees (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) why is that so funny (laughs) it's gonna make like alright how far do you want to go these trees are they're like redwood sized yeah he's gonna go like 35 feet (laughs) into the into like the lowest branches it's gonna be an average check two purples he's definitely gonna do it (laughs) your triumph gets you an upgrade if Mm -hmm. you want to still use your triumph as part of this and your advantages can be used as boosts I like don't need to use all of that on this roll to be honest but for simplicity's sake I will (laughs) oh man that's really unlucky wait did you use your was that you didn't upgrade then the the I have two yellow and I upgraded so I gave myself a green oh yep there you go okay well what'd you get two advantages so what did that look like okay here's what I'm gonna say happened <laughs> I think that there are there are some threats here and I think that the threats are basically the um, speed and gravity in, in which he was dragged and dropped onto the ground the spell was pretty much like a like a grenade with the pin pulled out in his hand and as it went off when he hit the ground it does kind of shoot him up but only maybe 10 feet into the air and it's more of like a uncontrolled flip that he does and with my two advantages i want to the spell this almost being almost being his signature spell to for there to be a bit of a blast radius and it kind of inflicts a wound on this wolf so you have to get three advantages to trigger blast on things if you don't get a success okay what i'm gonna say is it's not even a wound it's like a it it inflicts like a strain on the wolf sure okay that works does the strength does the wolf even take strain (laughs) the wolf will take one strain okay and the wolf is sort of blown back by your spell as you get to your feet and it growls at you. You'll come with me if you know what's good for you. And it starts advancing on you. <laughs> I had to think about whether I knew wolves can talk, and I did know that. Let's do a knowledge lore. You get a boost because you grew up in high reach, and it's going to be hard. Three purples. There would be... Wow. There, there should be... It would not be very incredibly shocking to see a wolf speak in the Fenrain world. So your one failure, one advantage is that you heard the stories about the wolves in the forests, but never believed that they would be true. The people told tales of larger than average wolves who came to the High Reach region every few years and hunted in the winter and then moved on elsewhere. Any uh, ideas for your advantage? His advantage. I'm going to sit on that advantage. Uh, So the wolf starts advancing towards Calum, and he says, There's a nice price for paladins where we come from. Uh, you don't say. Hey, uh, you seem like a, like a understanding, intelligent giant grass wolf. Just regular wolf. Oh, okay. You said a good price for someone like me. Maybe I can, uh, hey, maybe I can make you a better offer. What do you say about that? Try me. Uh, okay. I don't know much about you wolves and what you value. I have here the smartest jar in the world. 
What do you think about that? The wolf growls. <laughs> that sounds. That does not sound real. Okay, I understand if you, you know, if you don't understand it. You know, not every day that you find the world's best anything. Also, I have. It sounds like you want to try a negotiation check. I don't have anything to barter with at all, <laughs> except for the smartest jar in the world. <laughs> yeah, my negotiation is not good. It's amazing you've gotten this far. None of my stuff is good. I only have two things, uh, two skills ranked high enough that they're two yellows, um, and they're both things that are like never useful. Actually, maybe I just need to change my perspective. What's a good What's a good light side flip? You got two light side points. Okay, I am gonna flip. I'll flip a light side. Okay. And I'm gonna I, I want to use my advantage as well, and I want to do a negotiation check. And Caleb is gonna phrase this uh, a question. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we can come to some kind of an uh, deal. Just tell me what is it that you want more than anything else in the world, and I will hand it to you. I think you do I have to do this roll. Should probably roll that. Yeah. Okay. Negotiation it's... against him is four purples. Can I use my flip to upgrade my roll? Yes. And can I use my advantage to add a boost? Yes. Four purples? Yep. Oh, here goes nothing. I got a good track record so far. Two failures and two threats. <laughs> Three threats. Okay, so that's bad. So the wolf continues advancing, growling. You don't have what I want. And then you hear these echo echoes it sounds like they're distant and close at the same time these two barks and two more wolves appear in a split second to the left to the right of this one it it almost looks like they emerged from lightning bolts and the one that you came here with says you'll be coming with us now and the ones on the left and right start they they bare their teeth and move to sort of flank Calum. Alright. Well, lead the way. I'm sure this will be interesting. The one to the left gestures with his with his head sort of back and you see that there is almost like a, sort of like a saddly kind of thing on his back. It's gesturing for you to hop on. Be smart to save on fatigue. I've got a, I've got a lot of traveling to do. So he hops on this uh, wolf's back. And one of the other ones goes up to the left side and uses its teeth to tie a leather cord around Calum's ankle, connecting him to this sort of saddle thing. The one that you're on starts running between the trees and it starts running really, really fast. You hear the bark again close and far and echoes and it seems like it's everywhere and far away at the same time and you see a flash and it's cold again and the trees are thin pines that uh, have branches about 30 feet up and uh, ahead of you there is a fire and some small huts built of wood and tied together with twine and the three move towards a larger hut where they untie Caleb and let him off their back and put him inside the hut. And there are a couple other people there, including Rallis and Miranda. Miranda is, uh, neither of them have their, their weapons on them anymore. And the wolves close the 
the door behind you and you hear some sort of lock. You see the shapes of the wolves sort of patrolling around the outside of this thing silhouetted against the fire. Ah, nice to nice to see you all again. Wish it was under better circumstances, but I guess things could be worse. Have you seen Sven? I've not seen Sven. <sighs> Hope the little guy's all right. Yeah, I'll, yeah me too. I, I was trying to say something encouraging. It's hard to, hard to think about someone else right now. We're stuck in this caged prison thing. It'd be easy enough to get out, but do you see how many there were? There were at least a dozen of them. Mm, yeah, I can think of about 10 different ways we can get out of here. I can't think of too many we- ways we can get away from those uh, dozen wolves. Does Caleb do anything? He takes a self-inventory. Does he still have his pack? I think he still has his pack. Does he still have his uh, iron short sword? I think I'm going to flip a dark side point to say they've taken your weapon. Okay. Hmm. Well, folks, these are all the things I have. It's not much. I've got some dried leaves. Those are good for uh, if you get a headache, you can chew on those. I've got this uh, empty bottle. Don't worry about that. Um, some some bush sheep jerky I got from that there's a couple weeks ago. Um, let's see. Got the bedroll. No, wait. We left the bedroll. Did you guys pack my bedroll? I didn't have time. I was kidding. Of course you didn't. Uh, I'm a funny scholar. Miranda and Rallis look at each other. Um, let's see. Perception check. I pass. What's in this room? <laughs> you want to do a perception check? Uh, sure. Okay. Do average with a setback for darkness. You got two story points if you want to upgrade. One failure, one advantage. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So it's you and Rallis and Miranda and Rallis's Thayer Shrike, which is also named Rallis, and two other people who are sort of huddled in a blanket pile in the corner. Any ideas for your advantage? What's the ground made out of? It's just, it's just ground. It's just ground. It's just dirt. Maybe some scrubby grass, pine needles. What are the, uh, what are, what's the, what are the walls of this hut made out of? They are wood. They are like woven branches. Hmm. I've got ideas. Don't tell me I don't have ideas. I don't know if my ideas are good, but I think that this is what he would do. Um, I want my advantage to be that he um, finds a, a rock on the ground. Okay. You find a stone. Aha. Any particular type or anything? It's it's just like a it is it is the definition. If you look up a rock in the dictionary, uh, you will find a picture of this rock. Okay, it's a little gray piece of granite. Yes, it's granite. And he's gonna he's gonna try to manipulate this rock with magic. Okay. I think maybe a little bit of time passed. He's having a hard time seeing. He's searching around on the ground for anything. finds finds this piece of granite. Sits cross-legged looking at it, concentrating on it. And we're going to perform a little... He's going to try and perform a little alchemy on this rock. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Other Place. Loving the show and want more? Join us and other fans on Twitter, Instagram, Discord, and Patreon. The Other Place is a production of Nightcast Creative. For more info about us and our other projects, visit nightcastcreative.com.